My name's Gavin Stollar, and I'm the Honorary Chairman of the Liberal Democrat Friends of Israel. Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast and we're back with another episode from our virtual conference and today I have a great pleasure of uh, having the Lib Dem Friends of Israel come uh, come to us and their chair, Gavin Stollar, who's here. Hi Gavin, how are you? Hi, I'm well, how are you? Uh, very good. Well, I'm very excited to continue these podcasts into uh, the virtual conference and people like yourself, giving them an opportunity to come and speak and show your wares and tell us what you do within the party. So uh, um, we might as well crack straight into it. So so yeah. you obviously the Friends of Israel has been around uh, for a long time. Actually, it's one of the oldest uh, established groups within yes. the Lib Dems and even predates the Lib Dems. So yeah. why don't you talk about a little bit about your organisation and what your aims are? Sure. Um, and, and first of all, thank, thank you, John, for the, the work you're doing in putting these uh, podcasts together. They're really, really valuable. And um, as, uh, as a group, we've, we've all been keenly following uh, everything you've been putting out. I mean, as, a, as, an, as an associated organisation, uh, the Lib Dem Friends of Israel exists fundamentally to act as a facilitator and an educator within the party on issues as they relate to um, the Middle East, particularly the Israel-Palestine issue, but also to act as a facilitator and a conduit to the UK Jewish community and UK diaspora um, as an entry point into the party. And we've, we've done this, as you allude to, for many, many years. We were the first um, Friends of Israel group set up in any of the political parties back in the 1950s. Um, and, 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 and we take our role very seriously. We're a group of committed volunteers. We have a very avid um, following and membership. Um, and and uh, we, 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 we see ourselves as very much a key and fundamental part of the Lib Dem family. Brilliant. And I mean... <laughs> It's been an extraordinary few years for the Jewish community. I mean, particularly when you think of everything from the election of Jeremy Corbyn, yeah. the, obviously everything to do with the anti-Semitism issue, the extraordinary um, intervention by the chief rabbi uh, with, uh, in British politics for the general election in 2019. So I take it that's also a part of your argument. It's, it's also being a voice for the Jewish community and Jewish community fears, concerns and aims and goals within Britain yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, we were asked by a couple of people um, uh, within the wider community to get involved in the Enough is Enough um, protest outside Parliament that happened um, at the height of the anti-Semitism crisis with Corbyn. And I took the considered view that whilst we all would have wanted to be on College Green and, and protesting, that the presence of another political party group like ours would have detracted and made it look like it was somehow... Um, a, 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 Partisan. A partisan yeah. issue whereas actually yeah. it was a fundamental issue so yes that has shaped um, a large part of um, certainly what the Jewish diaspora has been talking about politically over the last sort of two years but if you look at the out the outturn of, of that crisis it's been the most ringing endorsement for the Lib Dems if you look at the fact that Luciana Berger who has almost become the poster child for everything that was wrong with Labour's anti-semitism the place she felt most able most comfortable to come come to politically the most the, the safest political party was was our party and mm -hmm. there's no better ringing endorsement of our sort of um, uh, sort of uh, measured and considered views on on israel middle east and, uh, and 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 jewish domestic issues than than someone like luciana joining joining the party and just moving on from that a little bit and taking it a little bit further is there any kind of 
policies that you'd like to see the Lib Dems do more to help, say, the Jewish community or the Israeli issue or anything like that? Is there anything where you think maybe the Lib Dems aren't being as forceful, as proactive as like what you'd like? Do you know what? I mean, I, I look at the leadership we've had over my, my time in as tenure of, as chairman of LDFI, and we've been through a few leaders, but the, the, starting with Nick Clegg in, uh, in, in, in 2010, and going through, we've actually, um, whilst it hasn't caught many of the headlines, as a party, we've been very progressive and very much ahead of the curve on a lot of these issues, whether it be re religious slaughter and, and respecting um, the, 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 the religious slaughter requirements for shahita and the production of kosher food and halal uh, food, we've been very progressive on that. Uh, whether it be pr the protection of, of, of Jewish schools and their right to exist within the in the fundamental state system again we've been leading in that and again a lot of these issues aren't necessarily exclusive to the jewish community they they usually transcend um across religious communities and on the israel issue issue um i think you know we've we've been measured we've been considered i think our our ghosts of the past when i think of the likes of baroness tong and david ward and uh, and some of those characters the parties acted actually quite um, uh, decisively to, to, to rid the party of that, um, uh, of those types of people. So I think, broadly speaking, we're, we're in as good a place as ever. And I think that culminates in people like Luciana and, um, and people like Lord Monroe Palmer and Sarah Ludford being active advocates within LDFI because we've actually, we've actually been a progressive and positive voice on most of our issues, which is testament to our supporters. And I think in some small way can be put down to my organisation, certainly not me, but the people that work within the within the LDFI to, 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 to take those strides. And so what's next? So what, what, what's, the, what's the goals going forward? The brilliant question. I mean, on the Israel side, we've just seen um, uh, a, 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 a decoupling of the Blue and White Party where, um, whereby Benny Gantz has gone into coalition with Mr. Netanyahu uh, to form the fifth uh, Netanyahu-led government in Israel. No one in LDFI would be voting for Mr. Netanyahu if we lived in Israel and had a vote. Uh, we were very much supportive of the secular liberal Zionist um, uh, agenda of the Blue and White Party led by Benny Gantz mm -hmm. and Yael Lapid. I think the first challenge is for us to be, maintain relevance in that, in that Israeli uh, governmental uh, political uh, position. And I think we still remain supportive of Yael Lapid and the, the liberal secular Zionist uh, 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 agenda. So I'd like to see, first and foremost, I'd like to see our party encouraging um, uh, the, the, the Yesh Atid led by Yaya Lapid to join Liberal International. I think that would be a really big step in the right direction and, and, and uh, I'd like to see that happen. And I, and, I, and I also think we need to be on top of um, anti-Semitism. It doesn't go away and in, in these ever nationalistic times we need to ensure that um, scapegoats aren't made of the Jewish community or indeed of any community. And I suppose we saw that with the, the, the Corbyn leadership within the Labour group, just how quickly it can come back. And, yeah. you know, and, and as someone who is, you know, from the centre left, to see the, the troubles that the far left have with anti-Semitism and have historically had with anti-Semitism, it, it was incredibly scary for the Jewish community all over the UK, thinking, you know, what happens next if Corbyn ever got into power? Now, Keir Starmer's come out very early, I think it was maybe his first statement yeah, as yeah. Uh, the leader was to reassure the Jewish community. So what would you like to see from, you know, people across the country or what would the Jewish community like to see? Is it just kind of 
just think twice before you make generalizations, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, language is the key, is the key, is the key point here, John, and I, and I think it's uh, it's really it's really really critical that um, that, that language is is maintained as and, and kept in check. And some of our parliamentarians can sometimes get a get a, get a little bit lazy in some of their terminology. Um, and and what's been very helpful as a steer uh, in in this whole debate has been. The contribution actually historically of people like Chris Hume in the parliamentary inquiry into anti-Semitism. I mean, um, what, what we've had is, is, is some clear guidance to the IHRA um, uh, 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 adoption by the party has been a very, very progressive and positive move. One of the first parties in the UK to adopt it. So, so, so we've now got much more of a framework as a party to deal with any infractions in terms of language or suggested anti-Semitic tropes or language. But in a wider sense and amongst the membership and amongst the wider populace, I just think we all need to be, just think a little bit, a little bit twice about um, the language we use and when we're engaging in debate. And, and you know, the Labour Party have, have, have fallen foul of this in such a fundamental way that if there is a benefit of what's happened with Labour, it's been that it's, it's, it's brought home the enormity of the, of the issue of language and, um, and how Jewish people um, and anyone who advocates for Israel, actually, for, this, for that matter, um, need to be engaged with and, and treated in, in the same way as we would expect anyone of any ethnic minority or anyone engaging on any geopolitical issue across the world. And just picking up on a point you said about people conflating the two of, uh, you know, of uh, Judaism and Israel. I mean, on the flip side of that is obviously people who, I mean, the, the, unfortunately, people who are, are racist will use Israel to criticise a religion and they, and they yeah. conflate the two. Now, given that you're called Friends of Israel, was there ever kind of a thought that actually would you be better be called the Friends of Judaism or something like that? How, I mean, how, how does that work within your group? Yeah, I mean, this is an issue that comes up from time to time. I think we're not ashamed of the fact that we're, a, we're a, a supportive of the State of Israel and we're supportive of a two-state solution. We don't see the, conversely, funnily enough, we don't see the Palestinians as the enemy. And actually mm. some of the pro-Palestinian groups in the UK in particular, which is a hub of uh, pro-Palestinian activism, a large proportion of people like the Palestinian Solidarity Campaign see Israel as the enemy. As a, as a fundamental entity. We don't see the Palestinians as an enemy. So we don't see there's any conflict between being pro-Israel and being pro-two-state, but also being, being a facilitator and an advocate for the UK Jewish community. And um, in, that, in that guise, we perform a very, a very effective and very valuable function because in the party we're seen as, as Lib Dems as we are, we're out there canvassing mm. and raising money and, 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 and active on social media in the way that that, that all active party members are. So in the party, we're seen as part of the home team. And in the community, we're seen as, uh, as leaders, lay leaders in, in the Jewish community and, act, and, and a very useful and, and, and positive conduit to, to give an entry point. But having said that, we don't, we're not precious about, you know, the communal, communal organisations, whether that's Community Security Trust, Holocaust Educational Trust, the Jewish Leadership Council, the Board of Deputies of Issues, they all have their own um, relationships and, 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 and access, if you like, into the leadership, the parliamentary party, etc. So we don't try and be precious and uh, control that. We're just here as an, an adjunct and an additional voice and an additional support to, to, to all that the community does here. 
Mm. And other than, say, people like myself who are not in the Jewish community, uh, yeah. joining, say, the Friends of Israel, that was obviously you'd love to get more members. Um, but what, what, what kind of goals should people like myself set, people who are not just counsellors and leaders like myself, but also just listeners uh, or members, how would you like them to get more involved and help you guys out? Yeah, well, joining is great. Uh, asking to join our mailing list is, is also great to keep yourself informed. We're not, we don't send lots of emails out willy-nilly because I think we're all, we've all grown <laughs> sort of tired and have a fatigue of too many Lib Dem emails. Um, so we're very judicious about when we send updates on the elections. We've sent one or two update briefings. So join the mailing list to keep yourself informed. Come along to our conference events. Um, we always have uh, very spirited and, and, and very uh, full rooms at conference. Um, and no, there's different ways for people to get involved subject to how committed or interested they are. We had a, uh, uh, we've had a number of approaches from people who are interested in getting involved. And, you know, activism, as you know, um, takes any different forms. We've had people that are just coming in saying they want to um, sit on the committee and, and, and add, add to, the, to, to, to the sort of brain, brain power, brain power, brain matter. That, that we have so we're, we're an open a broad church and an open church um can i ask now just moving because you've, you've mentioned about luciana berger and her influence now obviously 2019 she was so close to getting elected have you have you heard much from luciana about how she's doing what her next steps are and particularly i mean there's been obviously because none of the people that actually defected across to the lib dems yeah, kept election, their yeah. seats yeah. so and which was obviously some of them were very close like luciana and chucker so have you heard much from luciana is she well is she think is she wanting to get back at it or how is she so Luciana, Luciana as well, as far as I know, uh, I think she's taken some time out post um, the craziness, as we know, of election campaign. She's a young mother. I mean, she was um, she had her child in the midst of the um, of the of the faction that broke away from from the Corbyn led Labour Party. So my understanding uh, of her position currently is that she's taken some time out to, to, to draw breath. Obviously, the, the, the virus coming along has, has, mm. has, has uh, intervened in that, in, in that as well. But I, I think um, we will be seeing and hearing more from her in the coming, in the coming months. But um, look, running a, a general election campaign from a standing start um, is, is hard and it takes, it takes a lot out of you. Um, obviously, she, we, uh, we all would have liked her to have got elected. A great testament to the uh, Barnet local party who really threw everything at it and they weren't a party that was necessarily in fighting fit uh, match fitness uh, form to, to, to be able to do that and they got they got they got very very close as we know so I think um, we haven't heard the last from her rest assured um, and I think there's more to come and, and widening that out obviously I think the Lib Dems benefited a lot from the, the chaos within the Labour Party over the Corbyn years from the, from the Jewish community, certainly feeling, like you've said earlier, as a safe home for them and a natural home uh, for the Jewish community. Now, with Keir Starmer and a more moderate Labour group, now seeming to be in charge, we'll see what happens. It's obviously very early days within the Keir leadership. Do you, are there not concerns on your behalf, but things that maybe the Jewish community may go back to Labour, or, or do you? How do you see that? I, I look. I think I think that, that, that the idea of 
kind of categorizing the UK Jewish, the UK mm. Jewish community in a homogeneous um, sense as to there is one view is, is fanciful <laughs> and, and foolhardy. But you've asked a specific question about Labour folk who uh, possibly Labour voters, Labour supporters, and then to an extreme Labour members, will they be going back to, to Labour and, and leaving us? And I think the only thing I would say on that is, is Keir Starmer, talk is cheap, and I, and I, I have a high regard for Keir, He's a, a very good friend of a very good friend. Um, so so, so there's, a, there's a link there for, on a personal level. And, and I, I understand him to be a man of, of good moral standing and good, good, clearly good intellect and political judgment. So I, I, I'm hopeful that his words will be translated into deeds. But my concern is, is that, is that the, 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 the level of, uh, of, of rottenness in the Labour Party that's been born out of the membership and the supporter database and supporter base that they have it, it, it cannot be rooted out by one in one man at the top of the of the top of the party so it's going to take a generation you look at the the union support as well that Keir Starmer had and you look at some of the statements that people like Len McCluskey have made so they have a core a core power base in the in the Labour Party all I would say to Labour members and Labour voters who have supported our party on and using the anti-Semitism issue as to sort of totemic thing that's moved them over to us is, you know, we've been consistent. We've been consistently supportive of the community. We've been consistently supportive of a two-state solution as a, as, a, as, a, as a resolution to the Israel-Palestine crisis. And as a, as a Friends of Israel group, we've been a consistent voice in, in our party that's supported by uh, 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 every, every party leader and, and parliamentary group uh, for as long as I've been involved, which is a very long time. So I would say we're a safe home and we're a consistent home. And in order for Labour to make good on their um, words of the leader as an incoming leader, there's a long way to go on that for us to be convinced that they're, uh, they're worthy. And it's our job as a party now, and that's a responsibility of all of us, to, to ensure that, that the people that have come over stay and, and, and vest with us. And that, that, that's all of our responsibility. I suppose a, a kind of... Uh, a final point from us is obviously you, you, you mentioned earlier about uh, the new Israeli government has been uh, established after I think yes. three elections in the last yes. year. Is that yes. correct? Um, so where, where do you see next for Israel? What, what, how do you think obviously Netanyahu's got all sorts of issues regarding a trial that's pending that now has to be delayed because he's, yes. uh, he's the premier again for another six months, I believe. Uh, so what's next for Israel as much as anyone can know? Well, I think the immediate Israel's no different from us and the rest of the world at the moment in terms of uh, coming out to the other side of the virus, both both from a health perspective and an economic perspective. But in terms of the wider the wider question, I think there's an opportunity. Um, there's an opportunity. An interesting statement that that that, that was made of Netanyahu, um, which which has always resonated with me, is that Netanyahu has for a long time been the king of the Israeli right. There is an opportunity for him as long as he sits in that um, in that highest of office. Is is there's an opportunity for him to become the king of Israel, and and he's uniquely placed because he can bring the right and the centre to a position which reaches a, an accommodation and a, and a and a lasting peace with the Palestinians. And it's a question. I mean, he's there is no one more astute political, geopolitical, and domestically political uh, player than, than than Bibi Netanyahu. So it's a question of. On the, on the Middle East issue is, does he have an appetite to be the king of Israel rather than the king of the Israeli right? And that remains to be seen. So our hope is that, is that he does have that appetite and, and, and the sort of centre-left center um, will, I'm sure, support those moves. But he has his own individual 
personal uh, legal challenges first and foremost. But the interesting thing here to, to note, I suppose, and this is one for listeners to watch, is that if it does go badly wrong for Netanyahu on a legal basis, and, and, and that plays out in full public eye, you do have someone who, who sat next to a liberal secular Zionist party um, mm. who's, who's obviously broken away in his, in his own right to, to, to become a deputy prime minister and a, and a, and a shared position as prime minister as, as the agreement goes. And if, if Mr Netanyahu does cease to be prime minister, we, we, we would have a different individual in that hot seat. And I would, I would back someone like a Benny Gantz, notwithstanding his notional political portrayal of breaking away and joining the Netanyahu government as of today, Imagine a situation where someone like Benny Gantz is sitting in the prime ministerial chair and what, what a difference that could mean to the prospects for Israel and Middle East peace. On a wider scope, I would just say that Israel is leading the way in tech and in biotech and in, um, in so many different um, uh, industrial uh, commercial areas. And it's, it's, it's contribution to, to the sort of global, global economy and, and, and in particular science, tech and healthcare. It knows no bounds, and, 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 and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people support Israel as a startup nation because of the contribution it makes to the wider sort of, sort of the, the wider geo-economical place. And I hope that continues to flourish. Brilliant. Well, well, all I can say is just thank you so much for your time today. A really fascinating conversation. Like I say, any listeners, members who want to get more involved, please do go check out uh, the friend, the Lib Dem Friends of Israel. They are on Twitter at underscore LDFI. They have the website, you're on Facebook, you're on all sorts of different things and just encourage you to go check them out if you've got questions ask questions if you or if you want to learn more feel free just to ask them and if you want to know more about an issue of what you can do to help the jewish community what the jewish community is doing in your area you don't know um but all i can say Gavin, is thank you so much yeah. for coming on we really really appreciate Thanks your time today us. And uh, just look after yourself. And like everyone else, if you want to follow anything to do with the Lib Dem Pod, please uh, go online on either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Lib Dem Pod. Please subscribe to us via your podcast providers so you get all these episodes coming to you without any effort whatsoever. We obviously have a new YouTube channel where all these episodes go on. Please subscribe and check out the channel on YouTube. But as always, during this coronavirus crisis, do keep safe. Do look after yourself and we'll be back very soon with another episode.